Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We have already seen news reports that many girls have been sent back from university. A lot of them have been asked to get married. That was Nobel Peace Prize winner Malala Yousafzai in an interview on BBC's Newsnight. Malala has long advocated for women's education and famously survived an assassination attempt by the Pakistani Taliban when she was just 15 years old. But with the Taliban's recent takeover of Afghanistan, Malala and other advocates fear for the safety and future of women and girls. I'm Kat Ventura. Puma Podcast. And in this episode of Teka Teka, we talk about how life could change for women in Afghanistan under the Taliban's Islamic law. The Taliban last ruled Afghanistan in 1996. Girls couldn't attend school and women were denied employment. Women weren't allowed to be seen in public without a male escort and their bodies had to be fully covered. And when a woman had to see a doctor, they needed a man to bring them. And women who disobeyed these rules were beaten, or worse, executed. The Taliban had a strict interpretation of Islamic law, and claimed their motive was to create, quote, a secure environment where the chastity and dignity of women may once again be sacrosanct. But when U.S. forces invaded the country in 2001, women came out of the shadows. We talked to Monata Jolly. Associate Professor of International Relations and Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies at Agnes Scott College and a member of the transnational feminist organization Women Living Under Muslim Laws. The past 20 years, we can say, ever since the toppling of the Taliban in 2001, they sort of provided a major sort of opportunity for the Afghan women. So when it came to education, we saw female literacy rate um, increase drastically. We saw women, you know, entering the workforce. We saw women establishing their own NGOs. We saw women CEOs. Um, and of course, when it comes to the parliament, we saw women composing at least 27% of the parliament of Afghanistan. This is thanks to a gender quota that the Afghan constitution has that reserves at least 27% of the seats. That's the fear that um, a lot of this could be reversed. And now, everything is up in the air again. In the months leading up to the withdrawal of U.S. forces, nearly 250,000 people have fled, and 80% of them were women. Here's United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres. We are receiving chilling reports of severe restrictions on human rights throughout the country. And I am particularly concerned by accounts of mounting human rights violations against the women and girls of Afghanistan, who fear a return to the darkest days. In Afghanistan's capital of Kabul, salons and shops began painting over images of women in their storefronts. And the prices of burqa, the Islamic veil, started to go up. In Kabul University, the female students were 
ordered that they cannot leave their dorms unless they're accompanied by a male guardian. So if you're a student that doesn't have any male guardian in all of Kabul, you're basically trapped in your dorm room. Female journalists at some you know, media outlets were told to go back home. Female bankers were told to go back home and they were asked to send their male their male partners to come and and continue the banking. So so these are stuff that we're hearing take place on the ground. Last May, the United Nations Assistance Mission in Afghanistan reported that more than 1,600 civilians were killed and more than 3,200 were wounded. Close to half of these civilian casualties were women and children. The most shocking incident in the report was the May attack outside the school in Kabul. More than 300 casualties were recorded, including 85 deaths, mostly schoolgirls. But the Taliban says they want peaceful relations with other countries and would respect the rights of women. Women will be afforded all their rights, whether it is in work or other activities, because women are a key part of society. And uh, we are guaranteeing all their rights within the limits of Islam. Still, the voices on the ground are fearful and desperate. Women in Afghanistan believe the Taliban has not changed and that the Taliban still rejects the idea of gender equality. Here's Mona Tajali. They're saying that, you know, we will grant women's rights according to Islam, as you said, or according to our cultural customs. And to us who are women's human rights defenders, that's a big warning sign. Um, When they want to put a qualification like that, that basically means that it's up to them. It's up to their interpretation. And what we know is that their interpretation is a very conservative one. So there's not a unified Islam. There's multiple thoughts. There's multiple schools of thought. And they have a very specific understanding. Women for Women International is collecting donations to help women find safe places to meet, as well as ways to stay connected. And in the U.S., advocates are calling on the Biden government to charter direct evacuation flights for Afghan women activists. The Afghan women are voicing their demands, but it's not always safe for them. So, for instance, they they had protests today and as soon as, you know, a few of the women got out protesting, they were quickly beaten up and they were forced back into cars. So the, the purpose of our um, network is to provide that platform. We want to voice Afghan women's demands, particularly at a time that we know it's not safe for them. While at the same time, because we're spread around all across the world, putting pressure onto our own governments, our own, you know, the international community, the United Nations to go ahead and, and step up and not forget them. And the Afghan women are not necessarily victims, but they are very active and they're very ferocious, courageous women trying to just acquire their basic rights, but they need the support and the awareness of the world. Again, I'm Kat Ventura, the executive producer of Teka Teka. This episode was edited by Nico Bolante. Follow Tekatek on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maraming salamat po. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.